Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back. We are going to continue to talk about Soli Deo Gloria this morning, the fifth sola of the Reformation. And really, if you want to know what the Reformation is all about, it is about the five solas. I mean, that's one of the great contributions of of Christian authorship over the last 500 years is they've been able to condense Reformational theology within five solas. So today we're continuing on Soli Deo Gloria. And um, maybe just to summarize yesterday's program, it's, it's really the word alone. So it means the glory of God alone. It's the word alone that makes the distinction. If we were to look throughout scripture, one thing that God is jealous for is he's jealous for his glory. And he's not just jealous to get glory. He's jealous that, the, that his glory would be given to him alone. His praise would be given to him alone and that it would be shared with no other person. And he goes, uh, the scripture is full of places where he leaves no other option. So one place is in Isaiah 48. Uh, God here is talking about how he's going to uh, save Israel in the future. Um, but he wants them to know why he's going to save them. So he says, uh, for my namesake, I'm going to do this. For the sake of my praise, I'm going to do this. And then he says in verse 11, he says, for my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory, I will not give to another. So essentially, the, the sole motive in me saving you in the future is that it would bring me glory and me praise. And Paul does the same thing uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians. The Corinthians, of course, were fighting uh, over, uh, I follow Paul, I follow Paulus. They were very carnal in the way that they were doing church. Um, they were fighting over the gifts. They were fighting over about everything that you could fight over. And so Paul starts the book by basically saying, consider your calling, brothers. Uh, not many of you are weak. Not many of you are noble. So he's basically saying, you, not many of you are wise. You're not strong. You're not smart. You're not, ha- you don't have any character that commends you to you. Um, the reason why that you are in Christ Jesus is because of God who brought you into him. Mm-hmm. No human being can boast in his presence. Mm-hmm. And then again in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and this not of yourselves, uh, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So when we're talking about soli deo gloria, we're essentially saying that God's highest desire is that he wouldn't even share his glory. Not that he, he would just get some of it, but that he's not sharing it with human beings in that sense. So um, we've been kind of looking at the historical um, stage and how this was set. So going back to the Reformation, then, is there anything else that set the stage for Soli Deo Gloria between Rome and the Reformers? Uh, Sure. Um, There was, uh, in in medieval times, in in the medieval Roman church, uh, there was a, a dualism at work that some people were considered more holy than others. Uh, 
And uh, if you were an ordinary person, um, you're going about uh, your ordinary occupation. Let's say uh, you're a uh, you're a farmer and uh, you're going about your ordinary daily work and uh, you're you're attending church, you're attending church, you're a, you're a believer, but um, you're not really holy. Uh, there was a dualism that the really holy people were the people that had renounced marriage, uh, had uh, joined a, had followed what, what what's called a religious vocation. Uh, in other words, a monk or a nun. And uh, you're living in a cloistered uh, community uh, away from the world. And uh, that is what was considered uh a holy, a holy person, uh, uh, a, a Christian, a cut above. Well, and, in, even in uh, evangelical Christianity, there's a little bit of that uh, first and second class Christian. Oh, uh, sure. You know, the, the, the person that has been called into full-time Christian service as opposed to somebody who is working in secular jobs. And so missionaries, pastors, you know, um, you know, Christian teachers, those are, that's, that's the first class Christian service and then others. And so it does, it does diminish the glory of God in all aspects of life by doing that. Yeah. And I grew up. I grew up in an evangelical church, evangelical family, and, and I'll, I'll agree that that was that was one of our uh, flaws. I, I grew up thinking that the holiest the holiest possible person is a missionary, mm-hmm. and one step below that is a pastor, and uh, a step below that is a church musician, like my mama was, uh, and you know, a step below that is the ordinary church member. Yeah. And one of one of the gifts of the Reformation that is sometimes lost and that we need to reclaim, one of the gifts of the Reformation, and Luther was particularly uh, Luther, Luther particularly emphasized this, that any 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 vocation, any worthy vocation, can give glory to God. Um, once again, I gave the example earlier. You're a farmer. You can be a farmer to the glory of God, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's that is your service to God, and you are no less uh, holy than the than the priest or the monk in the monastery, because any holiness that we have, if we if there's a thimble full in us, it's the gift of God, and all of it gives glory to God. Uh, rather than to us. That's that's why First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one says, "So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God." You know, so it it comes right back to that. Any vocation, anything that you're doing, um, you can do to uh, and use that to point toward God's glory. Yeah, um, years ago, um, and I I said earlier that. I grew up thinking that the holiest person was a missionary. One step below that was a pastor. And I, I often heard pastors talk about being called. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, that was a great mystery. And when I was considering uh, going into ministry, I went to my pastor and I asked him, how do you know you're called? 
and he gave me a wonderful reformed answer that I have since passed on to many others. He said, Phil, every Christian is called, and there is one calling, and it comes from Jesus Christ, take up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every Christian is called, and within that calling, there are many different vocations by which you can serve God. And uh, it's just a matter of your gifts and uh, affirmation of of others. And to be a pastor is not to be a Christian above the people who are sitting in the pews every week. So Luther gives us a concept of... um, priesthood of all believers, this idea that there isn't a sacred or a secular, that all things. Um, but it really was Calvin and his successors that that fleshed it out. Um, so it's the writing of Calvin and that really begins to apply this idea mm-hmm. um, to all of these realms of life. And despite the fact that they have gotten such a bad name, um, the true legacy of this is is the Puritans. Um, that yeah. they are the ones that took this almost to the next level. Yes. And it was the work of the Puritans, especially with regard to, to the family, that give us what we currently have today as, as our views on family, mm-hmm. um, at least in the English-speaking world. Can, can I plug mm-hmm. a book real quick? Yeah. Uh, one of the best books on that, uh, Philip Ryken's uh, Worldly Saints. Le- Leland like Ryken. Sorry. Yep. It was one of the Ryken's. Yep. But he, he breaks up the chapters on you know church, on family, on vocation, on marriage. And so it's, it's imminently practical, but he, it's imminently biblical. And he's like, this is what they saw in the Bible. And, and to maybe to tag on to your point, Phil, Paul says in first Corinthians seven, let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Every person is called. Right. And so this idea that, that Luther was recovering, it, they weren't making it up. Um, I, I actually do think that um, all of us kind of have that thought. It's, I think it's the default thought like, Oh, if you're a church workman, you, you, you're, you're on this higher escalon. Yeah. And if you're not, you're just, you know, yeah, you can bring God glory. It's your money, though. You just bring your money in the church, and that's really the only thing that's redeemable about yeah. your vocation. And that's that's a lie. Yes. Um, I mean, the cultural mandate itself, before there was even pastors in the world, God gave the assignment to all of mankind to go and be fruitful and multiply and ha- exercise dominion over the world. In that exercising of dominion, no matter what we're doing, we're bringing God glory because mm-hmm. he is a creator God, and we're reflecting him in the world. Now, it mm-hmm. is. It is true that those that are missionary, those that are pastors, are involved in a vocation where their sole work is the ministry of the word, where other people um, might that might be a derivative function. So I don't want to give the impression that all vocations are exactly the same. They're 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 equal in status. They're not equal in the fact of how we use equality today, meaning that they're identical. Um, So we can, if you will, talk about, I mean, my work is to be in God's word and to be studying God's word. I'm I'm paid to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm paid to teach and preach God's word. Well, if, if I'm a welder, I'm not at my shop reading God's word. Right. I, I, I'm not in my shop 
you know, so there is a, that's a, the secondary role, if you will, uh, of, of a welder is yes. I mean, his primary role is he was hired to weld. Yeah. And so if you're going to, to, to your work and your primary work is that you're spending all your time sharing the gospel, you're actually not doing the work that you were employed to do. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just want to give that that sense of sure. there is a distinction between vocations. They're mm-hmm. not a distinction in worth. Yeah. And right. that's, I think, what the reformers were were reconnecting. The, because in the, the dualism of the medieval world, there was a lesser and a greater. Yes. And, and so then sometimes people then take this and say, well, I don't need to submit to, to what the pastor's saying because, well, priesthood of all believers— that's a misapplication of the of the of that doctrine, um, because of this idea that there there are people that have different vocations that they've been called to, and there are certain authorities placed with those different vocations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we ha- just have to be careful that we don't take a good doctrine and misapply it. Right. In a way that's not healthy. Oh, well, well human beings never do that. No, yeah. I know that. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a superfluous warning there. Well, well um, and, and uh, I, I just want to th- throw in here, uh, Russ, you gave the example of being a welder. A, a welder can be a welder to the glory of God. Oh, yes. absolutely. Must be. And must be. And you're not just a Christian. Let's say you are a welder. You're not just a Christian when you're at church or when you're with your family. You're a Christian when you're welding. And, and you, you can do excellent work to the glory of God. Yes. Philippians 1, to live is Christ. Yes. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed these broadcasts. If so, just subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts at. Just make sure you type in the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.